You're listening to Hardwired with Jeff Wickwire. Here's what's coming up in today's edition. How do you experience healing in your inner man? By getting a new grip and making a straight path for your feet. Start doing what you used to do. Don't sit on the bleachers anymore. Get on the field, carry the ball, make some touchdowns, carry the gospel. Be a worker, not a, per, not a spectator, but a participator. Amen? Can we say together, remember, repent, recover. Have you been getting comfortable with sitting on the sidelines? Have you been getting used to waiting in the wings instead of putting in the work for God's kingdom? In today's message from Pastor Jeff, he shows you dire importance of being on the field for Jesus. He doesn't want the army reserves, he wants the active soldiers battle-tested in the spiritual trenches. Change the trajectory of your life by being intentional for God's gospel. Stop waiting for things to change and alter the course of your life right now. Well, let's join Pastor Jeff in the book of Acts chapter 19 as he continues his message, The Loveless Church. One of them, named Demetrius the silversmith, decided he was going to have to attack Paul. So he stirred up a raging mob, denouncing Paul, denouncing the Christian faith, and praising Diana. And the whole city was in an uproar over what Demetrius caused. It was a riot. Finally, a city figure stepped in and, and quelled the riot, shut it down, and Paul decided it's time for me to move on. And so he took the leadership that he had raised up, set them over the Ephesian church, and he moved down the road. Now here's something very important. The Ephesian church was birthed around 55 AD. 55. John wrote the Revelation around 90 to 95 AD. So you got 40 years. This church has existed when Paul, or rather, Jesus gives John this revelation and addresses them. When Jesus addresses the Ephesian church, they're about 35 to 40 years old. And something has happened to them that really concerned Jesus. Now, As Jesus did with five of the seven churches, he begins his address to them with positive stuff. All right? Now, keep in mind, folks, whatever Jesus ever says to any of these churches or to you and me, it's always out of love. He never does anything that's not out of love. God is love. God is love. He doesn't just love, but he loves because he is love. And so anything he does towards you and me, anything he says to us, It is out of love. And so what he says to them is out of love. He starts out in verse 2, and he says, I know all the things you do. Boy, I could preach on that. How many of you get a little nervous when I read Jesus saying, I know all the things you do? Santa Claus stole what Jesus does. We say of Santa Claus, he knows if you've been good or bad. So be good. No, 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 no. Santa Claus stole that. Jesus knows all that you do. And he says this. Here comes the compliments. I've seen your hard work, your patient endurance. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You have examined the claims of those who say they are apostles and they are not. You have discovered they are liars. So people that were 
posing as apostles and they were fake. The Ephesian church discerned them and said, you're not a real apostle. Called them liars because they were lying and they dealt with sin. Did you know the church is supposed to address sin? Did you know that? How else are we going to be light if we don't stand up and say, this is sin, this is wrong, this is not right, you need to repent. So they did this. And then you have patiently suffered for me without quitting. So here's their pluses. Hard work, perseverance, intolerance of evil, discernment, and patient suffering without putting up the white flag and walking away and quitting. That's my kind of church. How many of you want to be this way? How many of you want to be this way? Amen? What do you love for Jesus to say, look at you and say, hey, I see your hard work, perseverance, intolerance of evil. You've got great discernment. You've been patient in suffering and you haven't given up. Wouldn't you love for him to say that about you and me? And Turning Point Church. So at first glance, it looks like they're batting a thousand. But here it comes. His next words point out a concern. Revelations 2.4. Nevertheless, when Jesus says nevertheless, buckle your seatbelt. Nevertheless, I have this against you. You have left your first love. Nevertheless, I have one thing I've spotted. When I look down on Ephesus and I look down at the Ephesian church, I see all these positives. But I see something lacking that is huge that really matters. Because the, the, the primary ingredient of Christianity is not big buildings, it's not a bunch of money, it's not a bunch of stuff, possessions, it's not even theology per se, but the, the number one ingredient of Christianity is love. And, and you've left it. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples by how you get along with one another, how you compliment one another. No, by how you love one another. By this, by this one thing, all men will know. Love is the main ingredient of the Christian faith. Not religion, not rules, not regulations, not doing everything right. Because they're doing everything right, but they're doing something They've lost something, left something very crucial. You've, you've left your first love. Notice, they didn't lose it, they left it. They left it. Nevertheless, I have this against you, you left your first love. New Living Translation puts it this way. I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. You don't love me or each other, like you did at the beginning. You've drifted from it. You've left it. You didn't lose it like you lose a set of car keys. You left it. So can't we see here that you can do a lot of things right and still miss the main thing? The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. And the main thing is to love one another. What does that say about the current church world? Are we loving one another? He, he said, you've left your vertical, you've drifted from your vertical love with me, and you've drifted from your horizontal love for one another. 
You're doing so many things right, but you're missing the main thing. Now, what does first love even mean? You've left your first love. It means your original passion for the Lord. When you got saved. Remember when you got saved? Jesus this, Jesus that, Jesus the other. Witnessing to everything that moved. In church, every time the door is open, you didn't go because you should. You went because you wanted to. Right? It wasn't a duty. It was a delight. Do you remember? Come on, everybody. See, we need to let the word of, of God search us here because Jesus gave this, put this in his eternal word. Why did he focus on these seven churches and say to them what he said? If he didn't intend for it to speak to us because he knew how long it would be before he returned. So here it is. The love they had toward him and toward each other, they had drifted from. The love that was first ignited in their souls when they got saved. That they had lost. You don't love me or each other like you once did. The Apostle Paul, when he wrote the book to the Ephesians, the letter to the Ephesians, he even bragged on them for their love. He says, ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I've not stopped thanking God for you. Notice, uh, strong faith and fervent love were their early strengths. It's what they were known for. They weren't known for the big building, bunch of money, a lot of pizzazz, talent, the singing, none of that. What were they known for? What were they famous for? They were known for their love and their strong faith. So the very thing that characterized them early on, they lost. In a few decades, 35 to 40 years, they had drifted. Now remember, Jesus is never going to point something like this out, but in love. See, he wants us healthy. He wants a healthy body. He doesn't want a body with a fever. He doesn't want a body that is anemic. He wants a body that is healthy. So he says, I want to get you back to where you once were. I want to show you that you have drifted from the love that used to characterize you and showed all men that you were my disciples indeed. Now, he never, gives us, he never gives us a problem or points something out that he doesn't give us a solution. My Jesus is a solution Jesus. My Jesus is an answer Jesus. He never says, well, you got this really wrong unless he's going to show us how to make it really right. Amen? He's Dr. Jesus. He's going to give us a prescription for heaven's pharmacy. And if you go and you get that prescription, he's going to fix us. He's going to make it right. He's going to help us to get back in line with his will. Amen? So in one verse, he gives the solution to drifting from the first love. And here it is. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent. And do the first works. I want everybody to say with me, remember. Then repent. Isn't that a great word? Our culture loves that word. Repent. And then recover. Do the first works. That means recover the first works. So let's say it again. Remember. Repent. Recover. Now, he's giving the salute. He's telling them how to get back 
to the incredible spiritual place they had once been in. Now this may point to you or to me, or it may not. But this is something we need to understand. Look what matters to Jesus. Not the building you're meeting in. Not, the, 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 not who's coming to your church. What matters to Jesus as he looks down at this Ephesian church? Their spiritual love. Their love level. That's what mattered to Jesus. The things that we think matter to him or the things that matter to us so often don't matter to him. He doesn't care about the richness of a building. He doesn't care about how much money you've got. What he does care about is, are you loving me and are you loving one another? Come on, everybody. I have this, I have this against you, that you've left your first love. So he says, remember. Now, what's he saying there? Look how far you've fallen. In other words, pause a moment and think back. Think back. Do some self-assessment regarding your relationship with me, where it once was and where it is now. Is your relationship now where it used to be? Is it better? Is it stronger? Is it weaker? Is it um, comparable to where it was when you got saved? Because when you get saved, you got that first love. Oh, I'm in love with Jesus. He's really touched me, changed me. Holy Spirit has filled me. I am slap happy in love with the Lord. I'm witnessing to everything that moves. I'm in church every time those doors swing open. I love Jesus. Jesus this, Jesus that, Jesus the other. It's all about Jesus. That's the first love. Now he says, remember, think back. Is it the same now? Is it as strong now? Is it as healthy now? Think back. Think back. Remember. Do you have the same joy? Same zeal? Same passion for Jesus? Are you excited to come to God's house? Or has it become a robotic duty? Has your inner zeal cooled off? Do you witness like you used to? Pray like you used to? Read the Bible like you used to? I'm talking to Jeff here too. Okay, I'm going to let the word search me, search us. Because this is what Jesus says to them. Remember, think back. Compare yesterday to now. On a scale of one to ten, where would you place your current walk with Jesus compared to when you first got saved? Is it just as healthy? Is it hot? Is it cold? Is it lukewarm? So Jesus said to them, And to us, put the brakes on, step out of your busy life, and look at where you are spiritually, your spiritual temperature. What is it? 98.7? 60, you're almost dead? Do you have a fever? Or is it where it ought to be? He says, put the brakes on and assess yourself. Now, that's what he said to them. So here's this Ephesian church doing so many things right, and they get this letter from John, and they're going, wow. Where are we? Because according to John, because they got this letter and Jesus gives their name. It says, that church in Ephesus, I want you to tell them they've lost their first love. I don't know who read it to them, but it was not great news. But you know what? They repented. And that's the second thing that Jesus said do. When you remember back, and again, you may be hotter today for Jesus than you were 
Five years ago, wonderful, good for you, amen. I love to hear it. But if it does pertain to you or to me, we need to remember back. He says, repent. What a great word. Repent is not a negative word. Repentance is the word that swings open the door of all of God's blessings for you and me. Just to say, Lord, I've done wrong, I repent. And when you say that, then the blessings of God are poured out. He says, remember from where you have fallen and repent. Now, repentance simply means this, change your mind. That's what repentance means. Change your mind and turn back. So I'm going one way. And I think that everything is cool. Great perseverance, great discernment. Uh, We're knocking the doors down with our outreaches. All these things are going great. But then the word of God comes to me and Jesus points something out. You've lost your first love. So you stop. You go, wow, it's true. So you change your mind and you turn. And you return back to the one that you're to love with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You turn back. You, you, you turn back to him. Real repentance means I stop, I change my mind, I turn around, and I return. Repent means to return. That's what it means. Return. Now, it's interesting. In the Hebrew language that the Old Testament was written in, repentance means to take a deep breath and sigh. It's like you realize, wow, did I mess up. (sighs) Been there lately? How did I say that, think that, go there, do that? (sighs) But now, what good does it do you to go, (sighs) if you stop there? What good does that do? The prodigal son didn't wake up in the pigsty and go, Oh, man, I'm eating pig's food. I've really messed up. What if the story had stopped there? He'd have died in the pigsty. No, it says, he said this. It's in the Bible. Jesus said this. He returned. He said, I will go home. So he stopped. He said, I've really messed up. And he sighed, but then he got up. And he returned, and the father saw him coming and ran towards him and hugged him and kissed him and threw a party for him because he loved seeing him come home. But that's what repentance is. It's when you return. Repentance is not just a feeling, it's an action word. So Jesus said, if you have drifted from that first love, breathe your sigh of regret. Go ahead, but don't stop there. Get up and return home. You know what I love about God? The porch light is always on in the Father's house. The porch light is always on. So you turn around. You go back to God. You turn and you return home when God points something out. So Jesus saying to the Ephesian church, return to your first love. Return. And then he tells them exactly how to do it. The last word, recover. Look at what he says. So interesting. He says, remember, therefore, remember from where you have fallen, repent and do the first 
works. What were the first works? The works that sprang from their first love. Yeah, you remember when you got saved? You're full of the Holy Spirit. You've met Jesus for the very first time. You're excited. Everything is Jesus. Everything is about him. And you got involved in so many things that sprang from your first love. Remember the first works that were birthed by that first love of zeal and excitement. Do again what your first love moved you to do back then. Read the Bible like you did back then. Pray like you did back then. Get involved in the work of the Lord like you did back then. Teach a Bible class like you did back then. Do street ministry like you once did. Reconnect to an outreach to the lost and the needy like you used to. Lift up a fallen brother like you used to. Open your heart. Open your wallet. Open a helping hand to move the gospel down the road like you once did. Do the original works. Get back to doing what you used to do. Now, some people say, well, I'll wait for the old feelings to come back. And when the old feelings come back, I'm, I'm all in. No, here's what Jesus says. He says, get all in and the feelings will follow. Jump back in and the feelings will follow. We're not led by emotions. We're led by our decision, by faith, by obedience. And when we do what God has called us to do, the feelings follow. And that old fire, that old love, that old zeal comes back when you plug back in. I want you to listen to this verse. I close with this. Listen to this. Hebrews says, take a new grip. Everybody say a new grip. With your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. Now, verse 13, I love this. Mark out a straight path for your feet so that the leg which is lame, what's the lame leg we're talking about? You've lost your first love. So he says, make a straight path for your feet so the leg which is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather may be healed. How do you experience healing in your inner man? By getting a new grip and making a straight path for your feet. Start doing what you used to do. Don't sit on the bleachers anymore. Get on the field. Carry the ball. Make some touchdowns. Carry the gospel. Be a worker, not a, per, not a spectator, but a participator. Amen? Can we say together, remember, Amen. repent, Amen. recover. That's Jesus' word to the Ephesian church. First church he singled out. Now you say, well, did they do it? I think they did it. I do believe they did it. I think if a letter was written to me, turning point from Jesus. You've lost your first love. Oh my, I'd be down here night and day and day and night, right here in this altar, on my face, crying out to God, if Jesus said that to me. Amen? Jesus knows you and me. He knows right where we are. So let me ask this question in closing. What do you think your spiritual temperature is compared to what it used to be? What do I think mine is? I had to, because I'm preaching this, I had to deal with this question before I brought it to you. 
When you assess your walk with Christ, how much have you grown over the years? Have you been intentional and active in your faith? In today's message, Pastor Jeff showed you the seriousness of remaining committed to not just having faith, but flourishing in your faith. It's not enough to merely know where you stand in God's kingdom. Instead, focus on making spiritual gains. Experience a fresh renewal in your life by making God the center of it all. I'll hand it over to Diane, who will let you know more about Hardwired. If you have any questions or comments about what you've heard today, we'd like to know. You can call or text us at the following number and share your thoughts. That number to text is 817-484-4767. Once again, that's 817-484-4767. While you're doing that, why not make a donation to our ministry? Anyone who donates $20 or more this month will receive a 2024 calendar for free. Now, I'll hand it back to Daniel as he gives a preview of what's next. In your faith journey, have you ever been through difficult times that seemed impossible to overcome? Have you ever felt abandoned by God because of how difficult your situation was? In the next teaching from Pastor Jeff, he wants you to know that nothing is impossible for God. You probably hear it all the time, but it's because it's true. God will always overcome. Remain patient to God's perfect plan and watch your faith blossom like never before. Thanks for taking time to be with us today as we study God's Word. If you'd like to hear more teachings from Pastor Jeff, visit hardwired.org. On behalf of Pastor Jeff and the entire production team, we invite you to join us again right here on Hardwired.